How exciting to be in the season of Advent as we kick off our new series, Searching for Christmas, because that's what it's all about. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing is to help people come into a, a personal, loving relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's been fun, you know, driving around the city over the past few several weeks. We've had Thanksgiving. We've got all the Christmas stuff is out now. All the Christmas music's been on the radio for a while, but decorations are up. And it's just a fun time to be in South Park. It's a fun time to be in Charlotte. And I know that many of you are already have decorated your homes. And my kids are already can't wait to see what they're going to get for Christmas. And so it's just a, you know, it's this wonderful, special time of year. Uh, and, you know, I was driving around the other day uh, here in South Park and I was stopped at the stoplight. And, and even in the midst of the joy and all the excitement, you know, sometimes reality still can kind of sneak in. And at the intersection was, you know, what appeared to be a homeless person. Uh, and they had the cardboard sign up, you know, saying that they needed help. Uh, they needed some food, you know, and, and if you're like me and, and, and you're driving around and, you know, we're, we're excited from our festive moods of Thanksgiving, we're looking forward to Christmas and and we see something like that, it stirs up a lot of many different kinds of emotions. Uh, I think for most of us, our, the immediate emotion is our heart goes out to them and, and we hurt for them and we don't know what the situation is. But uh, we see that and, and, and there's just something, you know, that God's pulling in our hearts saying, you know, that's just not right and, and, that, and that hurts me. And then there's probably part of us that feels guilty that we're sitting in our nice car and we're warm and, and someone is, you know, standing outside and they're cold and, 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 you know, who knows what shame they feel by standing in front of strangers asking for food. And so, you know, automatically then we probably have, you know, feelings of guilt. And then if we're honest in, in the human nature of us, you know, then we might resent them for making us feel guilty for, you know, even though they didn't make us do anything, but that's, that's how we interpret that. And, you know, how dare they come here and interrupt our kind of, you know, nice kind of good feeling. And, you know, you know, and then that real cynical part of us might be thinking, you know, why aren't they somewhere, you know, putting as much time and energy into working and, you know, providing for themselves and, then hopefully we come back around to realizing that that's got to be really hard and, and humiliating to, to stand and beg for someone's help. And that that's probably the last place that anyone would want to be. And so when we have all those mixed emotions going on and, you know, and, and we're wanting to feel happy and, and joy-filled, you know, what do we do with that? And, and how do we as Christians... How do we deal with that? How do, how do we as the spiritual crossroads of our community of South Park, how, how do we deal with that? You know, now, now, obviously, in South Park, homelessness is not really a major issue. Uh, people who live in South Park are doing pretty well. And, and, you know, we're living in nice homes or much nicer. We'll easily have walls and heat and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and, and so it's, you know, not really a big issue in South Park, but, but we see homelessness here. And that means that others who are homeless are coming here because they think that they can, can be provided for. But homelessness is an issue in South Park. It's an issue in Charlotte. There are all right, right 1,500 people who are homeless in our city. And that's just something that, that we can't ignore. And, and so, you know, we think about, you know, what is it that we're called to do? Uh, in Luke's gospel, Luke uh, was um, an early Christian in the first century, and he wrote about the story of Jesus. And uh, it's uh, in the New Testament. Gospel means the good news of, of Christ. He quotes Jesus saying this in Luke twelve forty eight. From everyone who's been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Now, based on our, our announcement just now, this is a church who gets that. We are a church 
who have been blessed with much, and we're not afraid to give that back to God. We give with our time, and we give with our money, and we give with our hearts. And I'm so proud to be your pastor, and, and not just with a capital campaign, but with our ministry budget that we have. You know, one of our three main areas of focus for our outreach ministries is hunger and homelessness. And I'm so proud of the efforts that we have. And, you know, we, we have money in our budget that, that, uh, we, that go to homelessness here in Charlotte. We have people who are going up to town almost weekly to help feed the people who are hungry. We support the men's shelter. We support the, the soup kitchen here. We, we pack lots of meals. A couple of years ago, we packed over 100,000 meals to help people who are hungry. And so we take Jesus's words in Luke's gospel very seriously. And I'm super proud to be your pastor. We have been given much. Much has been expected of us, and we have stepped up, and we have responded to God with that. We, we're building a spiritual crossroads in this community for all people, right? Whoever that is, and I'm so proud of you. But even then, if you're like me, there's just still this restlessness of, couldn't we do more? And, and how can we not just, you know, give people food, which is important, it's very important, but, but could we help be part of a longer-term solution to we help people not be homeless anymore? Could we help knock that out? Or could we help a family or two get off the streets and, and find a, a stable place in their life where they could provide for themselves? And so I think that we can. And I think that God gives us hope to be able to do that in this great season of hope. So I want you to kind of let that rest in the back of your mind. And we're going to come back to that because Jesus does amazing things in the season of Advent and Christmas. And I think that we're going to have an opportunity uh, to make a a, a lasting uh, impact on our community in this very special way. But I want to go back to the Bible. And we're going to be early on uh, in the story of Jesus. And this is going to be just after he's been born. So, uh, you know, the... God has taken Joseph and Mary from Nazareth. They've gone to Bethlehem. They've had the baby. There was no room in the inn. They've had to have the baby in you know, some kind of a cave or a stable. Uh, and so Jesus has been there. The shepherds and angels have come. Uh, and now some time has passed, maybe even up to two years. We're not quite sure how long. But uh, there are these kings from, from other countries that want to come and visit Jesus and pay him honor. We, we know them as the three wise men or the three kings. And, and they're coming in to find the, the Christ child, the new Messiah. And they stop by and visit the, the current king of Israel, uh, King Herod. Uh, and they don't realize that Herod's just this bad guy and he wants to use them to go and find Jesus so that he can go and, and kill Jesus because he doesn't want to have any kind of competition. And so, so the wise men come and, and they find Jesus. And you know he might be up to two years old uh, at this point. We're not quite exactly sure. So he's either, he's either baby Jesus or he's toddler Jesus, but he's little Jesus. And so they've come, they've worshiped, they've uh, brought him the three gifts, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, and then an angel warns them that Herod is out for trouble and that they need to go back home uh, another way. And so that's what they do. So uh, I want to pick up with the story right there because I think it really speaks to, to what we began uh, talking about this morning. So we're going to be in Matthew's Gospel. This is uh, the first book of the New Testament. Matthew was a disciple of Jesus uh, in the first century. He wrote about his experiences with Jesus. And Matthew and Luke are the only two books in the, in the New Testament, in the whole Bible, that really talk about Jesus as a baby and as a child. So this is a special look at, at Jesus' early life. So we're in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. When the kings had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, Jesus' father, in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. 
Right? So Egypt was the country to the south of Israel. Uh, sometimes they were, they were friendly, sometimes they were enemies. Usually it was kind of somewhere in the middle, uh, but that's where Jesus was supposed to be taken. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child and he's going to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Right, so Jesus is coming to the world to come save us. Um, but, you know, it, it just seems like there's no room for Christ in, in even the first Christmas. Right? There was no room for his parents in the end for him to be born. So he has to be born in this cave, this stable. Uh, then, right, you know, shortly after he's been born, you know, maybe he's a toddler. Uh, there's no room for Christ in Christmas still. And so he has to flee for his life. Jesus has to flee for his life with his parents taking him as this, as this young child down into Egypt. Uh, and, and so, in essence, what happens is the Lord and Savior of the universe, the Lord and Savior of, of us, uh, there's no real room for him at Christmas, it seems like. And so, basically, he is a homeless immigrant. Right? So Jesus is a homeless immigrant uh, while he's still a young child. Uh, and actually it happens twice, right? First of all, he leaves the glorious kingdom of heaven to come to earth. Uh, and so he leaves his home. Uh, he comes to earth. It's kind of this homeless uh, Lord and Savior. He immigrates here. Uh, and now when he's born, uh, he's homeless yet again and he immigrates into Egypt. Uh, but that last passage of scripture, that last verse says that, you know, that as bad as it sounds... Christ really does belong in Christmas because this was foretold in the Bible in the Old Testament uh, that he would have to come back from Egypt, right? So all of this in some kind of weird way was God's plan. So, so what does that mean? So what's the point? What's the big idea? What, what's going on here? I think what we read in this brief passage of Scripture from Matthew's Gospel is that Christ belongs in Christmas and so do people who are like him. Christ belongs in Christmas, and so do people who are like him. It doesn't look like Jesus belongs in Christmas in the Bible because there's no room for him. He's calls to, to run away, but God says it's all part of the plan. Christ belongs right in the middle of Christmas, and so do people who are like him. So who are like him? I want to focus today on those who are homeless. Because again, Jesus was homeless. He left heaven. He came to earth. He had no real home. When he was born, he had to flee from his home country, Israel, his adopted country, and he had to flee into Egypt. So Jesus was homeless. And I think that in our Christmas celebrations, in, in our community, in the South Park community, in your neighborhood, your cul-de-sac, your family, your friends, right, that Christ belongs in the center of Christmas as much as culture wants to take him out of that. And so do people who are like Jesus. And specifically today, I want us to think about those who are homeless. So how can we as Christians, as followers of Christ, how can we help people come to belong to Christ? Especially people who are homeless in our community. So I'm going to give you five different things that you can think about doing uh, this Advent season. And maybe you want to do one of them. Or maybe you want to do two of them. Or maybe you want to do zero of them and come up with your own. That'd be awesome. But five ways that we might be able to help the homeless uh, in our community come to know the loving power of Jesus Christ. And the first thing would be, I would say to you, is keep doing what you're doing. 
Because you are, or we as a congregation, are, are, we are sold out for Christ, right? And so we volunteer our time. We give God our talents and abilities. We give God our money, right? We have demonstrated that we're sold out for Jesus. We are bold. We'll, we'll tear down our church. We'll change our names. We'll give until it hurts. We will show up when it's dark. We'll serve and we'll push stuff out in the rain, right? Just to continue to make loving God possible. And so when you're supporting the church with your time and money, again, we, we're doing outreach with homeless people in our city, and that's amazing. So keep doing what you're doing. I think that that's incredible. I think another thing that we can do to help people who are homeless connect to Christ this Advent season is to be invitational. To be inviting, to invite people to come and be a part of what we're doing. And, and right here, I want to I kind of distinguish two types of homelessness. There's the physical homelessness that, that we're focusing on, but there's also a spiritual homelessness. That there's something missing inside of a lot of people in our community uh, who might live in great homes and nice houses. But when it comes to a relationship with God, when it comes to having inner peace and having true joy, there are a lot of people in our community who are spiritually homeless. And some people are both spiritually and physically homeless, right? And so if we keep our eyes open and we become an inviting congregation... There are a lot of cool things that we're doing to invite people to. As, as Pastor Nancy mentioned, we, we have invitation cards out there. We have all these wonderful worship services throughout the year, uh, especially this month with uh, our, our normal Sunday morning, our Christmas Eve, special Christmas Eve, the Emmanuel concert. This afternoon at 4 o'clock, we're having the Hope in the Holiday service for people who are struggling you know, with depression or just don't feel great at Christmas. Right. So one way to help people who are homeless, whether that's spiritually homeless or physically homeless, is to be an inviting congregation. And I know you're a welcoming congregation, but to be an inviting congregation, this is a great time. So pick up those cards in the lobby on the way out and keep your eyes open. Give them to people that you know. Give them to strangers. Whatever God calls you to do, I think that's something that we can do. Third thing that we can do is I'm excited to say that we're partnering with St. Andrews United Methodist Church to do Room at the Inn this winter season. Uh, Room at the Inn is a great thing that happens in Charlotte uh, where the city of Charlotte works with churches, area churches, uh, to help us connect with people who don't have homes. Uh, and they come into, into our churches. Uh, we feed feed these neighbors. Uh, we spend time with them. We give them a place to sleep overnight. Uh, and we give them the good news of Jesus. And so our first room at the end is going to happen this week, uh, Thursday, Friday. And uh, we appreciate those of you who have signed up and are doing that. We're going to do it you know, once a month for the winter. And you can find out more about what you can do to help be a part of that on our website. So go to southparkchurch.com uh, and click on events or outreach and you will find a room at the end. And so it's a great way for families or individuals to connect with some of our neighbors and give them love, right? By giving them a place to sleep in St. Andrew's Church, giving them food and just fellowshipping. And so that's a great opportunity. Fourth thing that, that I would challenge you to do is just be creative. Right? We, I had a lady in our church uh, who's here today in worship uh, and said that her Thanksgiving kind of uh, tradition with her grandchildren, these young grandchildren, uh, are to put together 
uh, bags full of food and, and non-perishable items to give to people that we see who are on the street who are homeless and asking for food. Uh, we've done that as a congregation, uh, but I think it was really cool that this family decided to do something on their own initiative. And so uh, I've got that bag. I've got it in my car. I've been praying over that and just waiting for the opportunity to, to have a connection with another human being and say that God loves you and to help alleviate some of what's going on in their life. So be creative about that. I'm just, you know, hats off to our, our church member who did that and just, uh, you know who you are. Uh, and that's just really special and cool, right? So... Last thing that I, I would just share with you is to be a part uh, of our Christmas Eve offering this year. Uh, we're going to be supporting uh, homelessness and affordable housing. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute, but I just want to help kind of unpack again what it is that we do as Christmas Eve offering. Over the past six, seven years, uh, we have taken up a special offering at Christmas Eve that we give away. 100% we give it away. Uh, and we split it each year with two different ministries that are doing just powerful things. The two ministries are different every year. Uh, and the concept is that Christmas is Jesus' birthday. And if it's Jesus' birthday, why do we get all the presents, right? And so what we decided to do, and this is not original with us. Uh, there, uh, there are other folks that do this. A guy named Michael Slaughter, who's a Methodist pastor in Ohio, really kind of made this popular, decided that, you know what? We should give Jesus a birthday present. But what do you give Jesus, right? He has everything. He's the son of God. He, he doesn't really need anything. So, so what do we give to Jesus? So what we decided to do uh, is to give money to go to these ministries that help people. And we say, Jesus, this is our birthday gift to you. And so... A couple of ways that we've approached it. The first is we, we've talked about, and, and some of our, our congregation members, they add up every dollar they spend on everybody for Christmas, and then they match that, and they give that to Jesus through the Christmas Eve offering. And that's just amazingly generous. We've also had other people who, who take, you know, um, whoever they're going to give the most presents to, they spend the most on. Is it your mom, your grandmother, your child, right? Whoever gets the most spent on them for Christmas, they take that amount and they up that by like a dollar and they give it to the church to say, hey, this is for Jesus. He gets the most because it's his birthday. And so, and so we do that and we give that away. And over the past six years, um, what we've given and what we've partnered with with another group to do, we've given away over $400,000, uh, which is just incredible. Praise God for that. And with that $400,000, uh, we've helped start two churches here in North Carolina, one in Winston-Salem and one in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, we've given to the urban ministry to help homeless people in our city. We've helped rescue victims of human trafficking. One year we rescued over 100 women from human trafficking slavery in the city of Charlotte through a partnership with Justice Ministries. Uh, we are in, we're in Haiti now, and we're providing clean water to, to a couple of different uh, communities down there. We're going back down uh, next spring. Uh, Hal and Melissa, who are up here, they've already been down there and seen some of the groundwork, and we're going to go back and see some of what's going on with that. It's just been, we've helped do Freedom School to help young children learn how to read and be better readers. Uh, and so it's just been this amazing gift to Christ and we're making a difference in people's lives. Now, I'll be honest with you. We really, as leadership, wrestled with, should we do the Christmas Eve offering this year? Because we do our usual stewardship campaign, but we also had the capital campaign, the Love South Park initiative that we just celebrated, right? $1.8 million that, that we as a congregation have pledged to give to God to help build this new campus to be the spiritual crossroads of our community. And we, we talked about it. Like, you know, there's, there's going to be some people who are feeling compassion for, uh, or um, generosity fatigue, uh, and we understand that. And so we thought about it, we prayed about it, we talked to some people about it, and ultimately we, we feel led to continue with the Christmas Eve offering because a lot of folks told us, Pastor Kyle, 
realize what's coming up, what's going on. But this is such an important tradition in my, in my family. And we look forward to this every year. And so we would love to have the opportunity to do that. So leadership prayerfully kind of came down as saying, we don't want to take the option away from people. We understand if you're feeling, all right, some fatigue from generosity. If you need to take a break, we understand that. We're, we're not going to, you know, put pressure on you, call you out. But we also don't want to take the opportunity away for those of us who really just feel that this is an important part of what we do. Uh, and so we're going to continue with the Christmas Eve offering. So this year, our focus is on homelessness and affordable housing. And so I'm excited to talk to you about the two ministries that we're going to support. The first is one that we've supported before, and that's Haywood Street Congregation. Uh, this is a relatively new church plant in Asheville, North Carolina. We've got a picture uh, from there. And what's important, our link to that is the picture here, Pastor Brian Combs. He's the founding pastor, uh, and he grew up in our church. And so he was in children's ministry, and he was in our student ministry. And, and being a part of this congregation helped him discern a call to the ordained ministry. Uh, and God furthered that by calling him to be in ministry specifically with homeless people and people who are in poverty. And so he has this amazing church in Asheville, North Carolina, Haywood Street Congregation, uh, where the whole ministry is focused on reaching out to those people who are homeless and living in poverty and a lot of people who have homes uh, have come together to be a part of this congregation, and they just do amazing things. And so what they primarily do is, is, is they feed people who are homeless, and they have worship services where they help feed their souls with Jesus Christ. Uh, they've also added all kinds of other ministries there. One of them is, is a medical respite for people uh, who don't have anywhere to live, who are in the hospital, and they get out of the hospital and they need somewhere to recover. They have a medically trained group uh, at the church where they come uh, and they're cared for until they're able to be healthy enough to go back out on their own. They also do work with people who are battling drug addictions and, and work with people to try to help them become more independent and get off of living on the streets. And so it's a fascinating thing that Brian's done, and, and it's been very successful. A lot of people from around the nation are coming to learn from Brian and, and the ministry there. And I'm excited to say that we're going to partner with Haywood Street again. Pastor Brian will be with us in two weeks. Uh, so you want to be here two weeks from today. And he's going to come and update us about what's going on at Haywood Street and talk about what the plans are for the future. It'd be good to just give him a hug and tell him to, wel to welcome him home uh, because he is making a difference for Jesus in our state to help battle the, the challenge of homelessness. The other uh, ministry that we're supporting is going to be here in Charlotte, uh, and it's Supportive Housing Communities. Uh, and their goal is to provide affordable housing uh, to alleviate homelessness and human suffering in our city. Right? So their mission is to uh, provide affordable housing in Charlotte for the alleviation of homelessness uh, and human suffering. Now listen to this. They have a 97% success rate. 97% of the folks that they get connected into affordable housing stay housed. That is incredible. And so uh, it's awesome how we feed people who are hungry, how we go to the uptown shelter, how we do the soup kitchen, how we pack the meals. But now we're going to have a chance to help someone get off the streets for good. 
right? 97% success rate. And so their director is going to be with us next Sunday, and I'm going to interview her as part of the sermon. And uh, you're going to be blown away by what they're doing. And so I'm super excited that we have a chance to make a difference for Jesus uh, and people who are like Jesus, right? People who are battling either spiritual homelessness or physical homelessness in our city, in our state, with a pastor who came out of our church that we this Christmas Eve can make a huge birthday contribution to Christ uh, and we can do something very special. And, and just imagine if we really get behind this like, like we usually do, that when we see people on the street to say, you know what, we've done a whole lot to help get people off the street and there's hope for this person that I see and, and maybe I can invite them to come get connected with supporting housing communities, right? They have the expertise, we don't, but, but we're going to be able to connect in this partnership to where we might be able to make a dent. We will be able to make a dent in homelessness in our own backyard and we can help people connect to Jesus in the process. So again, I'm not going to put pressure on us, right? I understand the generosity fatigue, but also want to give the opportunity to help make a difference for Jesus and give him a great birthday this Christmas. So let me kind of shift it to, to, to this. Have you, if you're like me, ever felt, maybe we don't feel physically homeless, but I'm guessing that you, like me, sometimes we feel that we don't belong in, in some place. Right. Maybe we, we feel that we don't belong because our skin color is, is a different skin color. Or maybe we're of a different race. Or maybe we feel that we're too old or we're too young. Or, or maybe we feel that we're not popular enough or we're not smart enough or we don't make the right grades or we're not athletic enough to make the team or gifted enough to, to get into the musical ensemble. Right? I'm guessing that some of us have, have been uh, feel left out because uh, we're not the right gender. Right? I think we could go on and on. We don't make the right amount of money. We don't wear the right clothes. We don't live in the right housing development. I'm guessing, if you're like me, that at some point in our lives, we know what it's like to be left out. We know what it's like to be on the outside looking in. Right, And so I think that's how it is for, for folks who are homeless. They, they know what it's like not to fit in. And, and so while we might not be physically homeless... I think we know what it's like emotionally and relationally and even spiritually, right, to feel that we don't fit in, right? Which means if Christ belongs in Christmas and so do people who are like Jesus, we're like Jesus because Jesus knows what it's like not to fit in. Right? He came and gave of himself, right, everything of himself, and yet he wasn't welcome in the world, Right from the very beginning, as a child, he was. He, they tried to kill him. Right, so so if anybody knows what it's like not to fit in, it's Jesus. Right, and so we're like Jesus, and this Christmas is for us because Jesus came to make the world a better place. He came to let us know that there there's a place for all of us, that we all are important, and that we all matter, that we've all been created in the glorious love. Of Christ, We've been created in His image, and even when we do wrong things and separate ourselves from God with guilt and shame and death and hell, right? Hell is, is broken relationships. We're separated from, from God. We're separated from each other. We don't have to die to go to hell, right? Jesus said, that's not what I want. That's not what I created the earth to be. And, and so that's why Jesus became homeless and He came to the earth. That's why He became homeless when He was exiled into Egypt, right? Jesus wants us all to know that we belong. And so when we feel that we don't belong, Jesus came to say, you're important and you matter 
and I want you to be a part of my kingdom and I want you to help me help those who feel that they don't belong in my kingdom because everyone should be in my kingdom. So that's what we get to do this Christmas. That's what we get to do during this holiday season. Uh, And that's what we're going to do by celebrating Holy Communion right now.